Good morning, everybody. Hope y'all ready to roll, because I'm ready. I'm thankful that y'all are here, and I am so uh, glad to see some guests. What a blessing it is for you to be here, and I hope that you've, uh, so far, your worship has been in spirit and truth. Uh, we all, uh, we all kinfolk, though, ain't we? We all brothers and sisters, and, and that's a blessing to see such a good-looking group. That's why I'm glad I'm kind of in with y'all, because y'all kind of stepped my standards up a little bit. I'm, I'm not too good of a looking guy, but y'all make me look really good. I don't know where that clicker's at. You know where that clicker's at? Anybody? Derek, know where the clicker's at? No clicker? Well, we ain't got no clicker. We got one right here. Here it is. I left it over there. Blamed it on Derek. My bad, brother. Okay, we're going to continue this series that I started two weeks ago uh, talking about living a life with purpose. Living a life with purpose. And we're going to be in Colossians chapter 3. My favorite verse is in Colossians chapter 3. And we're not going to look at it today, but it's verse 17, which says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. My favorite verse. It is such a, a powerful verse to think about and to really uh, apply to your life is very simple. Whatever you do, do it all in the name of the Lord. Amen? What a blessing that verse is to our lives. But I want us to look at the first 11 verses. I want to look at these 11 verses, and I got four points uh, real quick. And I want us to uh, remember we've been talking about the characteristics of a Christian. What a Christian looks like and what uh, uh, things that are a part of their life and what uh, we do to uh, be successful and have a life that has purpose. I want us to look at the very first verse and we're going to dive right into it. Verse 1 says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. The first thing that I want us to consider this morning is a Christian has the right vision. Now think about that. When I used to work for the printing company, uh, every year it'd be either at the beginning in January, they'd try to get us all to meet in one place. The whole company would come together, and what would they do? They would have this vision meeting. This is what we plan to do for the year, and this is what we're going to strive to do, and, and these are the things that we're going to try to accomplish, and that's going to be kind of our motto for the year. Uh, you know, but what makes a company successful is not just the fact that they have that vision, but it's the actual uh, doing the vision, right? Doing the thing that you want to succeed at. Look at this quote. A powerful combination... I love this quote. A powerful combination to ensure success is having the vision of an eagle and the heart of a lion. Think about that. The vision of an eagle and the heart of a lion. What kind of vision do we have, brethren? 
What kind of vision do we, uh, are we looking to uh, put at the forefront of our minds when we're trying to walk this Christian life? Is it to uh, understand that the things that we should be seeking, the things that we should be striving to do should be pleasing to the man upstairs, to the one above? Is that what we're trying to seek? Uh, this should be a quality that we possess. In order for us to be successful, in order for us to have a life that has any purpose, our vision has got to be in the right spot. Amen? Uh, you know, uh, we never stop seeking uh, the things which are above where Christ is. We never stop doing that because we want to please Him continually. A lot of the times our visions get blurred though, don't they? A lot of times our visions go kind of sidetracked and some other things start getting exalted that we want to accomplish in life. Maybe some really good things. But if God and, and seeking Him and doing His will is not first in our life, we run into some problems. Amen? I want us to think about this verse though. I want you to be encouraged by this verse because this will help keep your vision where it needs to be at. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Isn't that something encouraging to hear? We're talking about Jesus Christ said this not only for those there that heard him right at that time, but for us too, brethren. This should help you keep your vision where it needs to be at. Look at what he says. Uh, if you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Having a vision set on those things above allows us to be successful in our Christian walk. Because no matter what we're doing, no matter what we're uh, trying to accomplish, the very first thing that we're trying to do is seek the Father's will, right? And that means we're becoming more like Jesus. You remember, He's the author and the finisher of our faith, right? He's the one who did it perfectly. And as we strive to have this right vision uh, and this understanding of what we should do, guess who we become more like? Jesus. Never sinned. Never messed up. Never did anything wrong. That's who we become more like. Don't you want to not sin? Don't you want to live a perfect life? I do. I want to live a perfect life. I want to live a life that has no sin in it. Am I going to do it? Yes. But do I use that as a cop-out to say, well, I'm just going to fall right back into doing my sinful things? No. It should never happen to me. I should always strive to be perfect no matter what I do, no matter what I say, no matter how I act. And that comes from this vision that is focused on seeking the things above. Jesus is coming back, brethren. He's coming back for you. He's coming back for me. But what else? Look at verse 2. He says, Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. The second thing to consider this morning is a Christian has the right mind. <laughs> I 
This means a change in what we think about. Similar to the vision, but a little bit different. It gets a little bit more intense. You know, the change of mind follows, fo- follows the change in focus. Ask yourself this. Do we find Bible class, worship, church activities a distraction? More than finding joy in doing them? Is doing the whole Christianity thing really just taken away from what we really want to do? And really it's a discouragement more than an encouragement? That is a sad statement for me to think about. A discouragement to be a Christian. A discouragement to be a child of God. But brethren, the reality is our minds get so focused on other things that we lose sight of what our purpose to be here is. Isaiah 43, 7 says what? That He made us to bring glory to Him. Now how do we do that? We do the things that He does, right? But we have to have the mindset to do it. But that doesn't always happen. If that's true and and these things are are, kind of you're struggling with in your life, this is where you need to start. This is where you need to work on becoming stronger in your faith. Because if you don't, you begin to turn to your own path. And you begin to walk your own way. And you remember what the Bible says, there's only one straight path, and that path is the Lord's path. Amen? But ask yourself today, right now, in your seat, thinking in your mind, are you here today and you're discouraged? And wondering, why do I really follow Jesus anyway? Look at my life. Look at the things that are going on in my life. If you feel that way, I want you to Think about this. What's number one in your life? What is the most important thing in your life? Because the Bible tells us that we are going to struggle. The Bible tells us that we are going to face persecution and tribulations. But the Bible also tells us that when we face those things, guess who we're being like? Jesus. Jesus Christ went through all kinds of tough situations, didn't He? He had one of his best friends betray him. And he knew it the whole time. How hard do you think that could have been? If I knew one of my buddies, one of my friends was going to betray me, you think I'd wait all the way till the end to tell him? No way. Man, you need to leave me right now, man. I know what you're about to do. You're going to give me up and I'm going to get killed. Mm-mm. <laughs> Ain't happening. What a tough situation. But what did Jesus do? He fixed his mind on doing God's will, period. And it changed who he was. It, it, changed, it changed the way that we would do if we stuck with what he did, right? Because he never veered off the path. He never thought to do uh, something that was contrary to God's will. He kept his mind focused on the things above and not the earth. But if we are focused on earthly things, and we're about to talk about it in just a second, 
If our minds are not fixed on Jesus, then we won't hunger and thirst for righteousness. We won't want to do God's will. Because over and over, what do we do? We find ourselves thinking, yeah, that's a great idea, but I'm just going to do what I want. I think this is a little bit better plan. But maybe you are focused and your mind is set on Jesus and doing His will. And maybe you do have that desire to be around others who are like-minded and want to be pleasing to the Lord. Then our minds are set where they need to be. And there's no doubt, and this is a true statement, if you are seeking to do God's will and your mind is set on the things that they're supposed to be, guess what you're doing personally? You're affecting people's lives. You. You can be, and I say this a lot, the rock star. You can be the most important person in somebody else's life. Does that matter? Is that something that we care about? To be able to affect somebody else's life so then in turn they can go and affect somebody else's life? And guess who gets the glory in the whole deal? God. I don't have to get the shine. I don't have to get it put on me because guess what? I'm doing what the Lord told me to do. And again, James 4.10 says, He will lift me up. But I have to have my vision right and I have to have my mind set on the things above and not in the earth. Look at what Ephesians 3, 20 and 21 says. Be encouraged by this verse, brethren. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think. Think about that. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all you think he can do. Man, that's a big old God, ain't it? You ever prayed for something that was struggling and you thought you had worked it out in your mind and then on the end it works out and you're like, oh, I never would have even have thought that would have happened, right? <laughs> what in the world? I should have just waited on God and it would have been, this is what I got. If that's ever happened to you, remember that moment. Remember that thought the next time you're in a stressed out situation. God will do exceedingly abundantly above anything we think he can do. And to Him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations. Amen? That is an absolute praise from Paul right there. We have to remember that when our minds become so focused on trying to be like the Lord, we can't help but shine. You can't help it. It's just what you are. It's just what you do. Paul says... Uh, this and, and something that we all must take into consideration though is if, we've all, if you've obeyed the gospel and you're a child of God, you have died to self. And now you're in Jesus. You remember the verse that says you've been bought with a price? We've been bought with a price. And so we should willingly want to serve Him with everything that we got. Look at verse 3 and 4. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. The beauty of having these qualities being a part of our lives is that we get to catch the promise that He tells us about, right? When Christ who is our life appears 
then you also will appear with him in glory. Don't you want to go to heaven, brethren? I say amen to that. I say that's something that I want to be a part of. I want to be with Jesus one day and talk to him and be around him or whatever we're going to do, right? That's where I want to be at. Because I remember him saying something about him wiping every tear from people's eyes. Don't you want to be in a place where you don't get sad, where you don't get down, where you don't get out? I mean, have you... Have you ever, you, you know, the happiest time in your whole life? You remember that feeling when you was just the most happy? That's how it is. That's what you get. By having this right vision, by having your mind set on those things, through those struggles, it changes the way you live because you catch a beautiful promise. Jesus is awesome, y'all. He is unbelievable. And he did it all for us. He says, I'm going to give you a place where I'm at. I'm going to give you a place that nobody gets to see. And I'm going to let you be there with me. So we have the right vision. We, we, we have the right mind. What else? Look at verse 5. Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, passion evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. The third thing to consider, a Christian has the right instincts. Now think about that. I remember this in ball. Running back runs the ball. You hand it off to him. You're trying to see if he's going to be any count, first, second, third string. The hole opens up. The line blocks for him, and here he comes through the hole, what does he, I hear the coach say, oh, he's got the right instincts. What's he talking about? He's talking about he's able to go right where the hole is, just naturally doing it. His urge, his desire is to hit the right place, right? I remember when we'd be looking for a team and we'd be studying how to guard or defend the team in basketball, we would always say his instinct is to go to the left all the time. Every time he dribbles, he's going to dribble with his left hand because he's left-handed. So guess what? When we defend him, cover him so he has to go to the right. Think about these instincts. Look at verse 6. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. So... These fixed patterns of behavior, these tendencies, these urges, this drive, this need, this compulsion to do, this fornication, this uncleanness, this passion, this evil desire, this covetousness. It's something a lot of times, and I do it, we just read right through that, right? We don't really even think about those verses. We just kind of look at, oh yeah, that's... A, we're talking about, the, Paul says, put this to death. When something dies, what is it? It's no more. Well, we can't do that, Matt. We all sin and we all... Brethren, that mindset right there isn't a vision of an eagle and a heart of a lion. That's just giving up too easy. I cannot fornicate. I cannot be unclean. 
I cannot have these silly passions and these silly evil desires. I can do it. Why? Because Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? I'm a firm believer in that one right there, boy. Even though the football players want to put it on their eyes and everybody, it's a very popular verse. I know why it's a popular verse. Because it's absolutely true. I got a heart of a lion in me. I'm not scared of sin. Sin no longer controls me. Why? Because I've been washed and cleansed. I've been sanctified. I've been set apart. Right, brethren? I'm a new kind of person. So my vision becomes what it needs to be and my, my, my mind becomes where it needs to be and my instincts become godly instincts. My instincts become what they need to be. Look at verse 7. In which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. What is Paul trying to tell us to do? He's trying to tell us that we can put it away. Yes, we struggle with sin. Absolutely. But 1 John 1, 9 says, When I sin, I can confess it and I can get cleansed. And guess what? Now what you going to do? Use it as an excuse again? Look at what Romans 6 says. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives... Guess what? He lives to God. Likewise, brethren, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Isn't that a great scripture? Isn't that an encouraging scripture? We also reckon ourselves to be dead indeed to sin. If there's something sinful coming around me, guess what? I don't want to be a part of it. Are you doing that? Well, I ain't doing that. (laughs) You want to know why I ain't doing that? Because I've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. And it ain't worth it. My instincts change from seeking this evil, uh, nasty, uh, dirty things that are just a straight up trick anyway. And I start looking to do these good things. I look for opportunities to tell somebody about Jesus, brethren. When you go to work this week, here's a challenge for you. Look for an opportunity to say something to somebody about Jesus. Remember Jesus said, uh, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Everybody needs it. That commandment still is going, ain't it? It's something that's still rolling on. And here's the deal. One person you talk to, they may not hear it, but guess what? Maybe somebody else needs it. Never give up on the opportunity to realize that you are alive to God in Christ Jesus. You've been reconciled. You have a relationship with God. But look at verses 8 and 9. But now you you yourselves are... uh, are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds. Think about those for a minute. Anger, wrath, blasphemy. 
filthy language out of your mouth and lying to each other. Think about those qualities for a minute. Oh man, I just slipped up and said that bad word. No, he said put it to death. I'm not ever going to say a bad word in my whole life. And if I do, I'm going to be so sorry that I do. Why? Because the Bible tells me that I don't need to have filthy language. Hey man, I'm the wor- I'm the world, I can't even talk, I talk about it so much I don't even want to talk about it because you guys already know my mouth has been terrible. I don't want to say a bad word. I don't want to say something that's contrary to God's word because when I do that, when I begin to become angry, when I become to blaspheme, when I have this uh, attitude that I'm about to lie to one of my brethren, that's a quality that I can't have. It can't be a part of my life. You remember what I said a couple weeks ago? I would rather see a sermon than hear one. Isn't that awesome? I'd rather see that sermon than come over here and just preach to me what I need to do, right? Boy, you need to do this. You need to straighten up and da-da-da-da-da. And then what am I doing? Nothing. We have the ability, brethren, to be like Jesus. But if these things are a part of our lives, guess where the spiritual growth goes? Nowhere. You stop. Because now you've surrounded yourself with things that you uh, uh, haven't put to death. And you're continuing to fall back into this old man talk. Do we talk in such a way that people, uh, they can't tell whether you're a sailor or a Christian? Think about it. Living a Christian life is not easy. I'll say that right now. But guess what? It's possible. But it takes discipline and dedication. And I'm about done. The fourth point. Read verses 10 and 11. Actually, I'm going to read verse 9. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. The fourth thing to consider is a Christian should be renewed. Think about that word. You know, I always have ball analogies because I know ball, but you remember you play a long time. Like I remember in basketball, I'd run, run, run. We'd run a full court press. So by the second quarter, I'd be wore out. I'm hitting my head, right? I need a blow, coach. I need to get out. So coach brings me out. Then I get some water, I get a drink, and guess what happens? I get my second wind, right? Then I get back in there, boy, I'm ready to go. When we put off the old man and we put on the new man, guess what should happen? We should be renewed. The Greek word there means a new strength and vigor. (laughs) Think about that. That's a huge word for me. Vigor. It's a cause to grow up. 
I want to grow up. I want to do the right thing. I'm striving to do it because I want to do it, right? You get your second wind. And this wind don't ever run out. But think about it. Is knowing who Jesus is and what He did for us, uh, done for us enough to cause us to strive to do as He tells us? Or is it, as the Hebrew writer says, just a common thing? <laughs> common. It's a regular thing. I mean, He died on the cross. I mean, I appreciate y'all doing that Lord's Supper, but I mean, there's a regular Lazarus raised from the dead, right? <clears throat> or is it something that really matters to us? Is it, does it matter enough to change us? He made all kinds of people. And he, he ends right there in verse 11 that he says there's no difference. No Jew, no Greek, no circumcised, no uncircumcised, no slave, no free. Everybody is in this group and has the ability to be in this group. I say amen and hallelujah to that, huh? Everybody gets a shot at this one. Look at what Romans 8, 17 says. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God. And joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be what? Glorified together. Man, what an awesome God. Constantly remembering what He's given to me. He's given me all spiritual blessings in Christ. Amen? All spiritual blessings. So as we close... Are you struggling with your walk in the Lord? If we had to answer the question, is my life have purpose? Or am I just floating through life not realizing what the Lord has in store for me? God has a plan for our lives. Amen? A plan to make us something that you never thought you could be. I never thought I'd be a preacher. But guess what? I'm preaching. Unbelievable. But it only happens when our vision is right. And I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. I struggle every day, brethren. Don't for one minute think that I'm up here trying to say I'm some holy-er-than-thou type of guy. Because guess what? All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I just want to be pleasing to Him in everything that I do. And I'll tell you this, I'm going to strive to do it. I'm going to strive to do it. I ain't going to be scared of Satan. I ain't going to be scared of what he tries to do to me. I don't care what he brings at me. Because guess what? I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. But when our vision is right, when our mind is where it needs to be and our instincts are going towards righteousness and not earthly lusts, and when we realize when I obeyed the gospel that I was doing this for life, that I put on the new man for the rest of my days, then it changes who I am. And my life has purpose. And people will catch a glimpse of Jesus. Realize that? People can see Jesus in you. That's worth it to me. 
Don't you want to be that kind of person that shines like the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Maybe you're here today and you haven't obeyed the gospel. Maybe you need to become a Christian. I love y'all, brethren. I appreciate y'all sticking it out with me. Maybe you're here and you're not a child of God. Maybe you need to become a child of God. Here's what my plea to you is. Do not wait. Jesus Christ could come back at any moment. You can do it today. You can become a child of God. There's a, a lot of saints in here that will hug you and love you and be so happy for you. But it won't be any comparison to the rejoicing that will go on in heaven for one person that repents. Man, change your life. Turn away from those things that are contrary to God's will. Believing in who Jesus is, knowing that he came, he died, he was buried, and he rose again. Confessing his name before men, saying, I ain't ashamed. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And being baptized in water for the remission, the forgiveness of your sins. And you come out of the water clean, man. Brand new. And Jesus says, remain faithful to me until death and I'll give you this crown of life. A crown of life, man. Eternal, ever and ever. If you need to obey the gospel, if you're here and you're struggling as a Christian and you need prayers, whatever you need, thank you for the visitors being here. What a blessing you guys are to us. Whatever you need right now, come as we stand and sing.